Welcome to the Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of the Concierge Accountant Program and Tax Plan IQ software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Welcome to the Concierge CPA Podcast. Jackie Meyer here, as usual. I have a nice, fun guest, Tanya Santos. She is an enrolled agent and a firm owner of 16 years over in California, Central Valley area. And we met at uh, Appy Camp, which I've talked a little bit about in prior podcast episodes, but it was run by like Heather Satterley, um, you know, a bunch of just amazing women that were kind of pulling together educators and trainers in our industry. And it has been really fun getting to know you and um, seeing you kind of evolve because you're going down this tax advisory journey. And you know, I love tax advisory. So <laughs> welcome, Tanya. Tell us a little bit more about you. Thank you, Jackie. It's so nice to be here with you today. And uh, yeah, you know, um, well, a little bit about me. Um, I immigrated to the United States when I was 14 years old, zero English. So uh, I, I, I learned a lot of it already, <laughs> but I'm still learning. And, you know, I love to learn new things. And so I have found that with taxes, you know, you, you never stop learning. Mm-hmm. You never stop learning. So, and that's the reason why uh, it has been, you know, the, the topic that really I'm passionate about. Um, I love to continue learning. And uh, I mean, I started this journey 16 years ago when, you know, my, my, my first kid was a really small baby. And uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about the career is that I have so much flexibility um, or I had when the business was starting because oh, I right, have that yeah. many and then you getting bogged down, right? Yeah, back then. <laughs> but then, you know, uh, time passes and you start getting more clients and more requests from clients and due dates. And now you have payments to send to the IRS, estimated payments. And, and then we have storms in California and so many things going on. And, um, and then you start feeling as you're going more into tax preparation and you're getting more clients, you start seeing less money actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, more money, but more expenses also. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're drained and you're tired. And then um, you start seeing that some of your clients start getting frustrated because you're not answering the phone as fast as, as you were before. So, you know, I, I, it's been about two or three years that I started thinking about transforming into something more, not something else, because I, I still enjoy preparing taxes, uh, certain mm-hmm. ones. And I found that my real passion is helping business owners, you know, because I, I see that there's really not much that I can do for individuals 
you know, with the W-2, but there's a lot that can be done for small business owners. So it's it's been a journey, you know, um, last year going to Apicamp really, um, you know, it, it was, it was a, a magical moment for me, a magical moment where my real transformation started. Um, I met amazing people there that has really helped me or, you know, pull me into this new, um, new world. <laughs> and, and I've, I've, I, I made a decision that I was going to start a journey into a um, transformation into an advisor um, so that I can help clients more and gain that freedom again. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So how many clients do you have and how many teammates do you have? Well, right now uh, we have eight teammates here in the United States and we have two teams in Mexico. Perfect. Uh, We should definitely talk about that. Okay. Yes. And they are, um, they're currently working on bookkeeping. Uh, The team in Mexico is working on bookkeeping and the team here in the U.S., we have a a, um, main bookkeeper or, or a lead bookkeeper, we call her. She's taking care of basically you know, supervising everything that is going on in Mexico, making sure that we're reconciling, closing the books and doing all of those things, those fun things that have to happen with bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, a couple of receptionists and then I have a, an office administrator and a individual tax return um, leader uh, okay. here for, for California returns. And then it's me, the only enrolled agent. So it's 11 of us, 11 of us um, in total. And um, we keep growing. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And so about how many like tax clients do you have? How many have you already started down this like tax advisory journey? Well, I I think that I have been an advisor for many years. Sure. except I don't get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I would say, uh, you know, our, our individual tax return clients is about 400. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So you've got a good load. Yeah. Of which, of which this, this year, this tax year of 2022, 2023 season, I've probably only seen myself maybe five five of them. Yes. And that was new this year for you. It's Is new. Correct? Okay. It's very strange for me to see my calendar empty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I do have a few appointments here and there, but they're more like appointments for marketing or development or. Oh, wow. So you're actually going to work on the business instead of. I, I am. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. Yeah, so that's, like, what kind of tip would you give our listeners? How did you get out of working in the business and get onto working on the business? Oh my goodness. It was a little difficult, but um, I actually started telling my clients last year. I started telling them, you know, as you know, my calendar was like full of appointments, tax appointments. And I would tell them, well, you know what, I'm um, maybe next year, uh, you know, Gabby, Gabby, she's our amazing um, individual tax return there. Well, maybe your appointment would be with Gabby. And so they, they kind of knew already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the main thing that I've done is actually <laughs> control myself and not come out to the lobby or the reception area and start talking to the client. 
I'm actually letting my team do their job. So that yes. it, it took it took that because you know that's how we are. That's how we accountants. That that's how we are. You know, we're we're people. We're people persons and you know sometimes I would hear someone that I know in the lobby and I'd be like oh I'm tempted to go talk to them and say hi and and then I would start doing like the the organizer for them and I'm like yeah. oh no the receptionist can help them do that yes so, so sometimes it's really about just just having the appropriate boundaries for yourself right yes yes okay yes. yeah no that's that's really good advice for sure yeah and so that's really awesome. Congratulations on that. Um, I like that you started to prepare the clients really early in the process, because honestly, that's what you need to do about any new process or procedure. Mm-hmm. Just prepare them very early and be consistent with it so that there's no surprises. Later exactly. On. Yeah. And, and you know what? And even then, in fact, you know, right before um, this appointment with you, and I actually had to call a client that was not content. You know, he was not happy about the new process because, you know, he's not talking to me directly. And we, I, I, I got a feeling that we might lose this client and, and that's okay because, you know, not everyone's gonna like the new processes, but um, it is for the improvement of the company and, and, and I would say, you know, that's another fear. That's another thing that you have to think about if you're trying to make a change. Um, yes, you will lose some clients. Uh, I think we've probably lost about, I don't know, three. And that's fine. Yeah, that's not, that's not too bad. That's, right? not, that's <laughs> not bad. And, 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 and they are, you know, smaller returns. You know, I'm not saying that I don't care about them or that they're less valuable because we do value our, our clients. But, you know, they they we're not a good fit for what, you know, for what they're looking for. And, and, and that's okay. That's okay. So sometimes, you know, um, I have colleagues that talk about doing this as well, or not wanting to prepare as many returns themselves, but they are afraid that the client is going to be upset if, yeah. you know, and, um, and again, you know, I, I started preparing my clients last year. So, I mean, this transformation, it's taking time, <laughs> but I love to, I mean, now I'm used to it, but February, I felt so strange <laughs> no appointments for me. I'm like, what? It, yeah. It, it's a big adjustment, huh? It's a big now, adjustment. Well, hopefully you are able to, to redirect that energy towards tax advisory services, maybe identifying some existing clients that you think you can help more. What's that process been like? I, you know, I think that has also been a hard process because um, I, I think the hardest part is to to now tell them, hey, by the way, we can do advisory services for you. And, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a fear again, you know, they're going to say like, well, why haven't we done it before? <laughs> I think that that's like the main question, but. Um, okay, I can assure you, they don't say that. And the one out of like thousands that, that will say that are not going to be the right fit for you. Just like you said, five minutes ago, right? Everyone's not for everyone. And that was my biggest fear when I converted my practice in 2016. And I think I had one person that was already someone I knew I didn't want to work with that said something like that, but otherwise people were excited. 
they were, they were so excited to get this extra new level of service and advisory yes. and stuff that you weren't doing before. And so I think it's really just about that education process, which I'm Ooh. sure you'll do really well, you know, letting them know, look, this is what is normally done by a tax preparer. And here's what we're trying to add to the table, right? Yes. Um, another tip, if you don't mind, um, with what you just said, um, I say always lead with planning. So um, you take a look at their prior year return. You already have it, right? Because you're mm -hmm. prepping their returns and start coming up with ideas yourself and then approach the clients that you find some good opportunities for, right? And mm -hmm. so instead of saying, oh, hey, I'm offering this new service. Maybe we should talk later this year. You can come to them with, hey, I think I've identified about $20,000 of tax savings opportunities for you here. Let's schedule a meeting so that I can show you that ROI, that return on investment, mm -hmm. and then quote you on this new tax advisory service that I'm offering, right? Yeah. 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 So I know you're trialing Taxman IQ right now. And so I would advocate yes. that you use that to do it, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. Um, but yeah, that's what we really, really strive for is that the ROI kind of sells itself so that you don't have to be such a big salesperson or be sleazy or be any of those weird things that people right. don't want to be whenever they're doing advisory mm -hmm. services. So yeah. Okay. So anyways, back to you. Um, so you started this process. Have you been through a particular client experience yet where you've been able to identify a lot of neat uh, savings opportunities? And, and how did that go? I did. Uh, well, actually, this, this, client, um, this client came in last year and I was still not really ready to call myself like a tax planner, although I had already taken some classes mm -hmm. and I can call myself a tax coach. And, um, but anyway, so this client came and we had a large cleaning to do, which we did. And it took us a lot of time, a lot of effort. And it was not a nice cleaning, <laughs> mm. but we did it. We did it. And so the very first thing that came to my mind when we finished 2019 books I was like well 2019 has already been filed let me compare the numbers and I found that we could actually amend the return and get back like a lot of money a lot of money back for her so she was really happy about that and um I don't think I charged what I should have charged because again, I was not, my mind was not there yet. Uh, sure. But now that I'm thinking back, uh, I'm taking it as, um, as a lesson, you know, it was a lesson learned and yeah. uh, we, we still charged money, of course, but maybe not as much as I should have. Um, yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit through that because I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been through that same thing. I've been through that. Do you recall kind of about how much you were able to save? I think it was about uh, twelve thousand dollars. Nice. Or okay. Get, yeah, get back from for her. I mean, twelve thousand is twelve thousand. Yeah. And um, what strategies or what changes did you do for the amendment in order to accomplish that? Well, at the time, she was a Schedule C, mm -hmm. and um, and so you know, I mean, her 
her income was being not her income but her profits were being overstated so mm -hmm. i and you know as soon as we finished uh, the cleaning uh, the first thing that came to my mind was well 2019 is already filed and we didn't really talk about that you know at the beginning but i told her she wanted 2021 clean but i'm like well we can't really clean only 2021 because this is messy since long time ago and so mm -hmm. um so, so the changes were basically in the in the profit. That's that's how I identified. That's it was awesome. Like yeah, that you uncovered. So, yeah, self-employment tax. Mm -hmm. That was okay. one. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And how did you charge at the time? Was it hourly or a flat fee? It was hourly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for, okay. for the bookkeeping cleaning, it was hourly at the moment at that time. And uh, for the amendment, I just charged my amendment fee, which is not very high. I'm also working on my prices. And, you know, the area where I'm at, you know, people think that my prices are outrageous, mm. but I know they're not, but yeah, that's how they are perceived. And, um, but this particular client didn't think so. Awesome. Because they're making money. So she didn't exactly. Think so. Yeah. It's all about just getting them that net ROI at the end of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Every yeah. now and then clients will never understand that cost benefit. They'll always be focused on the cost. They'll never think about that net ROI, but most realistic, practical people will realize the net cash that they're getting out of that transaction, even if they're paying a pretty penny for it to get done. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what I like to advocate for is at least 200 to 300% ROI in the savings. And so that, you know, moving forward, I see accountants, you know, that's probably a three to $4,000 engagement. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you have to catch yourself up front, be like, oh, I need to quote and propose, do a proposal for this instead of just blurting out, oh, I saw this change, let's do an amendment. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, well, how much is that? And you're like, oh, well, my amendment fee is $800, you know, right? So you have to retrain yourself to, to take a step back, right. put together that proposal, spend the extra 15, 20 minutes and really reap the rewards with being able to implement and bring that value to the client, mm -hmm. right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really cool example. That's so common. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because I know a lot of people have been through that too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I guess one more thing about AppyCamp. Why would an accountant want to be part of AppyCamp? Like what intrigued you? What if someone's listening thinking, oh, this sounds cool. I want to be an educator or I am an educator in our industry. What, how would you advocate for them to, to joining AppyCamp? Well, you know, um, I got an invitation from Mariette. God bless her. <laughs> I mean, you can't say no to, to Marriott. She's I amazing know. human being, right? Yeah, she told me, well, you know, you're going to have to travel a little bit. I'm like, a little bit to where? <laughs> Far away. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It was beautiful. I had never been to Virginia and it, it was just an amazing place. Um, so yes, you know, it was an event for educators, but, and, and I, I don't, I love to speak. I haven't really done a lot of uh, speaking engagements. Uh, uh, I, I've done a few um, that I haven't gotten paid for, but my payment is the satisfaction that I can bring information to anyone, really, not just accountants or business owners. Um, but, you know, when, when you think about it, even if you don't speak 
to audiences, like large audiences, you're still an educator as a business owner. Mm-hmm. And especially accountants, you know, we, we are educators to our clients. You know, we, we need to learn how to <laughs> educate them. And not only that, but I see myself as an educator or educator for my team. So, you know, they, they are expecting to learn from me and I should work on myself to improve my educator um, skills and abilities so that I can teach them the, the correct way. Um, and it also, you know, goes um, to how you handle yourself as a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, leadership is, is, is big in this industry. So I think not only the, um, the business owner um, or the accountant owner has to be a leader, but also each member of the team has to be a leader. Yeah. So, so I, so that's, that's what I liked about um, Appicamp, you know, they really, I mean, they didn't tell us this exact words that I'm saying, but that was the message. That was the message. And also dream, dream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's not that vague phrase where you hear follow your dreams. It was, I don't know. Um, it was more intense. It was dream and make it happen. Yes. It was very practical ways to actually make it happen, which was so inspiring. Yeah. And then, and then the connections I made over there, you know, uh, I mean, you, <laughs> you, I remember looking for him like, okay, I'm looking for the, I, I, I have forgotten your name because <laughs> you were a volunteer for something, I think with um, Ian. Something. I think he interviewed I think, you or he, something. He walked me through a problem on the stage. Yes, yes, that's what I'm, yeah. yeah, and I remember, and I was like, I was paying so much attention because you were talking about tax planning. I'm like, oh, tax planner here. I'm like, oh, I need to talk to her. And then I was looking for you all over the place because I had forgotten your name. And I was yeah. like, oh, there's someone here. There's someone here that does tax planning. And um, yeah, and then, and then I found you again. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was, um, there were, we were kind of the odd, odd ladies out, so to speak, being the tax side more than the bookkeeping side. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to meet others that had that, that shared that same passion. Um, okay. So we talked about Appy Camp. We talked about your, you know, transformation you're going through. It would be cool to have a follow-up episode, maybe a year from now, two years from now, track your journey, see how it's going. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, Let me ask you a few other questions that I have to always ask my my interviewees. What is one book or podcast or um, TED talk that everyone listening should like go grab right when they're done listening to us today? Uh, Limitless. I just finished listening to it and you know what I have to give you the author I don't do books or I haven't done books in a long time because I have three kids and so (laughs) you know it's okay it's Limitless by Jim Week it's K-W-I-K K-W-I-K is the last Jim Quick Jim Quick yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'll put yeah. that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. And so, so what, what kind of like inspired you? What, what was like, oh, wow, this was amazing with that book. You know, um, speed reading, speed reading. He talks about how 
when we read, we kind of, we have this little voice inside us that is talking at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so we are only reading as fast as we can speak. But he talks how to improve your reading skills by muting that voice and, oh. and, just, and just use your eyes. And, you know, letters are symbols. That's, that's all there is. So I'm, I'm really trying to um, increase my reading speed so that I can read more because I love to devour books. But again, I haven't done actual books in a long time because I have kids. And so I can only do audiobooks. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I love productivity hacks and all that kind of stuff. So that sounds right up my alley. Um, speaking of hacks, is there something that you can think of that you do like ex exceptionally well in your work or even in your personal life that um, you could share like a tip or a, a hack or something like that with our listeners? Yeah, you know what? I In previous years, I was the type of person that would think something but not say it out loud. Uh, let's say, you know, that I was very grateful for this person that is helping me, mm -hmm. but I would just have it here in my mind. And that would bring me a sensation of uh, like I was trapped, I guess, mm. not saying it, but I started practicing saying more what I think or believe or feel. And that has given me, uh, you know, it has improved my relationships with people. So, you know, if, I, if I'm thinking of you and, and, and I'm grateful for you, I'll send you a text message. So, so don't be scared. Don't, <laughs> if I send you a message one day, um, I, I think that's, um, I think I'm really good at that. Now that's I am. Awesome. Now that I is am. A, that's a great trait to have. Um, I think we all struggle with that. We'll think about something and then, you know, get distracted or think, oh, they know. No, people don't know. They, you know, they want to hear from you, right? They want to hear the, that those positive remarks or how you might have helped them or anything like that. So yeah. I love that suggestion. Now, you have been specializing in the construction industry. Is there a particular reason that you got into that? Or, you know, how did that come about? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the reason I, I used to specialize more in agricultural before, actually. But, you know, um, most of my clients were like very, very small farmers, small farmers, I'm talking small farmers. And, you know, they didn't really have the money to pay me. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I'm, and so I had to stop services. So I started getting more and more construction. People come through my doors and I mean, they, they make good money they had more money to pay me so I could charge them, you know, a little more or mm -hmm. what I'm worth. Mm -hmm. And, and I like the way that construction accounting works. Uh, it's a lot, it's a lot easier than other type of accountings that we've done like restaurants or, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> and, um, and, and so, you know, just word of mouth, people started talking to others. And so we just started getting more and more and more construction. And um, I, I liked it. And so that's, that's the reason why we stayed there. Perfect. Now, 
have you kind of identified particular tax strategies that tend to work well with the construction industry, or is it not kind of a one size fit all for, for that industry? No, actually, I think, I believe that, you know, um, maybe not just for, for construction, but, uh, but I've noticed that many businesses, as soon as they hit profits of around 80 to $90,000, you got to convert. <laughs> Mm, yeah. So Schedule C to yes. S Corp, right? That's like the trade, and 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 that has actually helped me. Um, I would say that that's that's the reason why I started thinking more about being an advisor because, you know, some people just don't know, and 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 for me, for me specifically, for me, um, I like to explain the tax return to my client. You know, I. They sit with me. We're here for like 45 minutes. And if you're a business client, you might be here for an hour and a half. And I know it sounds like a very long time, mm -hmm. but I really want you to understand what that number is coming from. And, you know, maybe they don't like me or something for that. But I, I tell them in advance, I tell them, you're going to be sitting here with me and you're going to look at every single number with me, including your expenses on that Schedule C. And I'm going to tell you why you're getting those $12,000 of self-employment tax or those $30,000 of self-employment tax. And I'm going to tell you how we're going to get rid of that. Awesome. And they love it. So, so I, so yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really tragedy. Cool. Yeah. So that kind of reminds me before the recording, we were talking about how you hear about these tax planners that charge $50,000 for tax planning and stuff like that. And you know how realistic that is. Now, thinking back to how I described that the like ROI method that I go through, if I were going to charge $50,000 to a client, which I have, um, it not most of the time, that was not the, the norm for me. The norm was around like $30,000 implementation fee. But that's because I was able to find over $100,000 of tax savings for them. Mm -hmm. And that was in the high net wealth and family office niche, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on your niche and it depends how much savings you can identify for that client, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can find hundreds of thousands of dollars of savings, which maybe, you know, uh, real estate is a great way to do that. Cost segregations, um, qualifying someone as a real estate professional, things like that, then I definitely see people charging much higher tax planning fees. Mm -hmm. But that again, that depends on what you want to specialize in. If you found your niche with construction and you find, um, you know, some key strategies that you think are really helpful to your client base, mm -hmm. then you're set, right? Yeah. Um, or you can start branching out a little bit more into higher net worth uh, individuals or business owners. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely where some of those like larger tax planning fees can be found for sure. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Now, thank you. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of the interview that you moved here, you immigrated from Mexico at age 14. Yes. That is amazing. So are you really plugged in? I know there is a huge Latina community in the in tax 
community, right? Yes. Tell me about that. Are you plugged into that? Is it amazing? You know, what, what's all the, the hoopla about there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of the Latino Tax Fest in Vegas in July. I have. And oh. I really want to go. I don't think oh. I'm going to make it this year because we're focusing on uh, Taxman IQ just got into the AICPA Accelerator Program. So we're doing all these AICPA conferences. But that conference is at the top of my list for next year. So oh my goodness. Well, we have to go together, you know, yes. I'll go with you. I'll introduce you to everyone. I mean, uh, by 2050, 2050, the Latino community is going to be the largest um, community in the United States. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, everywhere you go, you, you hear Spanish. I mean, Spanish is our second um, official language in the United States. And uh, yes, I, I am big in, in, you know, in the Latino community. In fact, I will be speaking at a conference called uh, Hispanic Tax Alliance in Orlando in September. Wonderful, congrats. And, uh, thank you, thank you. And I will be speaking about tax planning. So tax planning is actually a, a thing that kind of doesn't exist in the Latino community or in the Hispanic community. Yes, so I've we heard have to talk about that. this. I've heard a lot of people discuss this as a huge major issue. So tell our listeners more about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, just historically, um, the Latino community is not very well informed. And unfortunately, uh, we have suffered a lot from uh, people taking advantage of us. And so because of the language, because of the language. And so, you know, sometimes we don't understand and, and we just go ahead and sign and anyway. So, so we tend to trust only people who speak Spanish because of those things that have happened in the past. And, um, but unfortunately, more unfortunately, a lot of people also take advantage of that. Like, well, you know, they're not gonna go uh, look for someone that knows so I'll just pretend that I know and and now I take advantage of my own people oh, no. I mean okay. that happens everywhere but it's very unfortunate that it, it happens a lot in the Hispanic community and so so my mission is to bring real relevant education for our business owners for our taxpayers and bring them the real deal you know and so Gosh, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. So we got to go to the conference. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. I love that. That's a great mission to have. Um, and yes, I mean, the, the future of the U.S. is uh, looking very Latino and it's exciting. But, um, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, Spanish will become our primary language someday. You never know, right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, as a native Texan born and raised, I mean, you know, Spanish is very, very common here. I essentially kind of minored in Spanish. I've been kind of obsessed with different cultures and um, Costa Rica for some reason is my favorite place to travel. And um, my kids are learning Spanish right now. So I just, I love it. Yeah. Um, do you get to travel to Mexico very much? I do. Well, not very much, but I, I was there in December. And, you know, um, although we had a, 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 a sad celebration or not a sad celebration, but, you know, a friend of our of the family passed away, um, older mm -hmm. person. 
and and I mean, yes, he did. But the beautiful thing about how the celebration of life happens is um, that it's so different. You know, there's so much time there to to actually celebrate, and, and the celebration goes on for like days and days and days, like the night. And especially because you know the 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 Catholic religion is practiced more. So my kids got to, to do all this and actually, you know, experience their culture uh, because, I mean, they were born here in the United States. So, and in fact, my, my little one, he has trouble speaking Spanish. So I'm like, ah, I'm taking you to Mexico. <laughs> you better <laughs> yeah. learn. Yeah. So uh, Veronica, who's the CFO on my team, um, one of my favorite people in the world, she says the same about her. She has three daughters and she worries about that, right? Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Just a couple of weeks in Mexico will fix that. Because, <laughs> because the kids, the kids, I mean, the kids don't speak English, so they have to speak Spanish to the other kids. Right. It's true. Amir, Amir, Amir. Oh my gosh, I can't say the word. Amirjan. Oh, wow. Okay. Immersion, immersion. There you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I couldn't say the word. I was like, am I stroking? I don't know what's happening, but yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, that that's, that's really cool. Um, awesome. All right. So let me see what else I want to pick your brain about. We talked about, we talked about some of that Latina community. That's awesome. We talked about Appy camp. We've talked about your favorite book. Is there anything else that comes to mind from your end as to advice or, um, wisdom that you might want to give the accounting community out there? Um, yes. I mean, um, just keep working on yourself and look for, look for your own advisors, you know, uh, really try to get to work with someone one-on-one, a coach, a business coach. Um, and I would say someone that it's already within our community. Uh, because there, there are so many business coaches out there, you know, but I would say someone that already knows accounting. Um, for me, you know, I've gotten together with um, Carmen Manrique, and she has been my fairy godmother. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. and yeah, for me, I think that has, has been a blessing getting to know her. She's full of wisdom and experience, and um, that's that's what I would tell everyone. You know, if you haven't worked with a with a with a coach, do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's yeah, great advice. I second that all the way. Now I'll end with something. I I met a nurse the other day, and she was uh, from Mexico. And um, I was telling her we were going to the beach for spring break. And she said, you know, we have this, this tradition in Mexico, which I had never heard of this before, where you go to the beach and you can like give away your worries to the water or something. And oh, wow. I tried to Google it and I could not find a single thing. Have you heard of this? Well, you know, Mexico has so many traditions. Yeah. Even if you sneeze, it's for tradition or something. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Well, so, I really liked it. I just didn't know if it was something that was actually like well-known or right. something that maybe her and her family did. But um, I tried it when we went to the beach and I really liked it. So uh, who knows, maybe it'll catch on. <laughs> yeah, but that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, so symbolic. And I, I think I think if you if you do it with, 
I think it would work if you go to the mountain and do the same thing. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Just surround yourself with any kind of nature or beauty, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have more questions for you or anything like that after this? Facebook is the best way. Facebook. Um, we're always there. Um, I mean, I'm not there all the time myself, but my team is there. And remember, there's 11 of us. So, <laughs> so uh, we have uh, quite a few people um, get a hold of my Facebook messages. I try not to be on social media so much, but my team will reply to your message. And if you want to talk to me, they will get your number, give them your number, and I will for sure call you. Perfect. And then you're also part of our Accounting from Influencer Facebook group. So people yes. can ping you on there. On Facebook, you're at Platinum Tax Payroll and Bookkeeping. And then your website is also PlatinumBookkeeper.com, right? Correct. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for your time today. This was such a lovely discussion. I really appreciate your insight. And um, I'm here for anything you need as you continue with your amazing transformation and journey. Thank you. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to the Concierge CPA hosted by Tax Plan IQ. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. If you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program, please visit JackieMeyerCPA.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-C-P-A.com to apply. Please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work. Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.